What's up? This is Derek. I have Sharice here with me, thankfully. Uh, we don't get a lot of time alone together, but we're going to now give me a sec while I light some candles to set the mood so we can vibe. Put out some great, very useful content as I almost drop a lit candle on the floor. Um, we're talking. We're going. We're going to be talking about the do's and don'ts of weight loss surgery. We're going to only be addressing two do's and two don'ts because we're going to elaborate pretty heavily on um, those four. Now, this is triggered by a uh, TikTok post that I saw where somebody went over you know do's and don'ts of weight loss surgery, and you know I'm not, I'm not in any way trying to, you know, drag their content but there's some things that they left out that are very important that nobody really nobody really looks like or looks at or considers so if you would please comment where you are from like i said earlier in the earlier podcast i did yesterday your comments and your likes is our oxygen help us breathe let us you know we don't we're not affiliates anywhere with anything, you know, you're not going to go to this site or that site to put in our affiliate code so we can get kickdowns off of these supplement companies that are trying to make money. We don't do that shit. So if we provide you some good value, please comment, rate us, give us a five-star rating on whatever uh, whatever uh, platform you're on. I mean, we're on, we're on every, every platform. If you sit back and you holler at Suri or you holler, holler at Alexa... To play the Bariatric Bass podcast, she's going to get you with whatever platform you're using. Google Play, uh, iHeartRadio, Spotify, iTunes, Podcast, uh, Podbean, of course. Um, so, here we go. Are you ready, darling? Yep. Yep. Before I, you know, when I say I don't, we don't do affiliate codes for anybody. There's only one. There's only one company that I would do an affiliate program for, and that is Liquid Death, baby. Ha, why? Because fuck plastic. And those that don't know what Liquid Death is, because yes, that does sound like a can of beer popping, but it wasn't. It's mountain water. Yes. Can mountain water. Liquid Death is... It's mountain water. Mountain water, murdering my thirst, violently murdering my thirst. I love Liquid Death. If you're going to drink Liquid Death right now, they have a lot of stores around the uh, around the country. Mostly you can find them at Seven Eleven stuff like that. If you're going to drink a Liquid Death, put that some bitch on ice, because that's when I find that's when I believe it's the best. So, are you ready? Yep. <clears throat> yep. I could say yeet. Yeet. <laughs> What's up? Derek and Sharice here. We are Bariatrica. Right now we are recording for the uh, Bariatric Badass Podcast. Um, if you don't have time to watch this video, of course, like this video, share it, share it with your friends. We will be uh, posting the podcast as long as it records. We don't have any uh, audio issues because that's before. Please comment below your surgery, where you're from, for myself. I had my surgery 2014, September 24th. Right? 23rd. September 23rd, 2014. You're getting your daughter's birth 
you're getting your year and your your year and your month your year year and your day mixed up. My surge of birthday is coming up, yeah. Yes, I realize that. Surge of birthday! <laughs> Seven years post. Awesome. Okay, so okay. R and Y, two thousand fourteen has started my journey at four hundred and five pounds. Um, got down pretty low the first eighteen months. Got down to about about 170, 175. Regained because of an opioid addiction. I ain't gonna lie. No lies. You know, no filling your uh, your eyes and your ears full of bullshit. I regained almost up to 300 pounds because of an opioid addiction. Um, substance abuse. It's pretty much my downfall, my transfer addiction. It is what it is. I ain't gonna lie about it. So <clears throat> then I lost, you know, a good majority of that. And then COVID hit, gave me something to blame, regained. Now I'm headed back down. I'm almost the lowest weight that I've been in in quite some time. Um, Sharice, go ahead and give us your cred credentials. I'm certified nutritionist through the National Academy of Sports Medicine, known as NASM, as well as Precision Nutrition. I'm also currently in school for exercise science and kinesiology. Uh, kinesiology is the study of movement. Uh, going towards the back, the first degree will be as a physiologist, and then we will go from there. Yes, she's got to get out of the community college. She has to know what, one year in community college? Two years. It will be two years community college, then I will try, when I transfer into the University of Utah, it will be... Uh, I will start in as a junior. The thing with the University of Utah is like lifelong for me, awesome college, awesome football team. My dad's going to hate it because my dad likes BYU. Of course, Brigham Young University is down south here in Salt Lake. He's a fan of BYU, not a fan of the running Utes. Um, but we have somebody wanting to come in. You know, we can spend about three minutes with people coming in on video, maybe three to five minutes, to talk about whatever problems you have, may have. So if you'd like to come in on the video, we can do that. We have about 60 minutes. Um, I don't think we can record over 60 minutes of... It's not working. Uh, All right. Well, if you guys want to come in on video and have a short interview, that'd be fine. Um, we can talk about your issues, what's going on. From there on... Before we start with the do's and don'ts, we do have the Q&A that is in bariatric food point and recipe. Um, let's hammer through those real quick, then we will talk about the do's and don'ts of uh, weight loss surgery. Another thing is we will be doing a live, um, a live event uh, beginning of October, right at the beginning, very end of September, beginning of October, it depends on some things. Um, it will be a live meal prep event mm -hmm. and it will be the meal prep will be exactly what i feed him and how he's lost his regain yes awesome and it is for her school so yeah it is like you're getting Teresa's uh as she's working on her degree she's going to be she's been approved to do some of her uh social experiments and speech and speeches, right? yeah. um, on art because we are, we have a little bit larger of a following than a lot of people that should go to school with. So um, I cannot see if any questions are coming in. So we're going to start, yeah. we're going to hammer through how many questions? Like eight? Um, is it just, yeah, just, yeah. 
I had to find it. So, okay. Liquid death is water. It's not beer. It's not <laughs> Let's go. Uh, first person, Crystal Simpson, loving the podcast. In an episode, you mentioned that we should be getting protein from animals or plants. I cannot do that yet, but but my budget is limited. What are the best proteins from Walmart, and what protein shakes do you and Sharice use? All right, so really quick uh, on that. Your budget's what your budget is, all right? You got... When it comes to protein shakes, very rarely do we rely on protein shakes to get our protein numbers in. And that reason is because of, you know, the... Uh, what how I say this? The, the value of the protein source that you're getting will result in, I mean, not result, but the value of the protein that you're consuming will feed your results. So if all you're drinking is like, you know, muscle, muscle, muscle milk, milk. Um, what was the other one? What? The new Fairlife? Yeah, the Fairlife milks. Okay, these are pre-made protein drinks. They taste good for a reason, right? They're made with garbage protein, first of all. Secondly, um, a lot of them processed. are Yeah, they're bo- and they're boosted. Their nutrients are boosted. So one of the big differences between getting your proteins from whole food sources has to do with uh, nutrients. You're having something enhanced, which isn't as good as having it from the natural source. Uh, but when it comes to being on a budget, you want to know something that's really good and you can get it to taste like whatever you want as long as you cook it, per, uh, you cook it right, it's tofu. It is a plant-based uh, soybean, so we eat a lot more of it, well, especially me now, uh, as I'm not able to stomach certain red meats, mm. chicken, anything. I can stomach seafood, but that's it. Uh, but I don't, I don't eat a lot of seafood because of mercury. Uh, you do have to watch your mercury with that. But the tofu, you can cook it however you want. You can get it to taste like a steak. They're just eatable. Or tofu. Yeah, tofu, yum yum. Good source of protein. Awesome source of protein. So to answer your question on that, uh, when it comes to Walmart, um, from my experience, I understand that you are are limited to limited. To, Limited to, limited to, Derek's throwing me off, certain types of protein sources. Sharice, please explain why I go ask the children to keep it down. Um, explain the three different types of protein. Oh, the, the, the powdered proteins? Yes. Ah, yes. Okay. So there's your three, you have your whey protein is what he's talking about. There's three different types of whey protein. Um, you do have your animal plant-based ones, but I'll get to those in a second. The plant-based proteins, um, the whey proteins, not sorry, not the plant-based, the whey proteins come in concentrate, hydrolyze, and isolate. Each one has its own variability on what you're going to absorb. You're going to absorb more of a hydrolyzed compared to the isolate or the concentrate. Now, the only kicker with the, the hydrolyzed is it is a lot more expensive. But again, quality of protein over quantity. So if you're going to go with a protein shake, you want to go with an isolate at the very least. Stay away from the concentrates. Be careful. 
Some of these, they claim they are an isolate, but if you go and look at their labels, they'll uh, have a, it'll be a, actually be a mix of both concentrate and um, isolate. Mm. Oh, animal, forgot one other thing. Animal-based proteins, uh, protein shakes. You wanna get a blend. Get a, and then there's a very good reason why I say you wanna get a blend. Hey, dear, do you remember our in, our uh, little experience with the uh, pea protein? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What was wrong? It was like really super it's harsh. It's gritty, harsh. Yeah. The flavor is horrible. Um, <clears throat> but look for one that's a mix of uh, pump. There's pumpkin, pea, and some others. I can't remember exactly what's all in it. P protein meaning P E A. Yeah, P E A, like peas, yeah, green peas. Nikki uh, Geesman started working again, trying to keep my energy up with minimal breaks and trying to eat on a new schedule. So you're probably you're when you're eating is, you're probably working an eight-hour shift, so you have your normal fifteen fifteen, or does that depend on the state? Well, it's usually 15, 15, 30, right? Yeah, 30 to so an hour. The the law, the Utah law, is you only, they only have to give you a 30-minute lunch during an 8-hour period. Um, some businesses will grant, you know, an extra 15 minutes or whatever, but I kind of lost one of the questions. Uh, <clears throat> so she's struggling with the fact that she's starting to work again, and she's trying to keep her energy up uh, with minimal breaks. So she's not getting a lot of breaks while she's working and then she's also eating on a new schedule okay um so my take on this even though you're the specialist is one thing that's very important is you get your energy from how you how you recover depends on your energy so you got to make sure one and i know it's kind of hard these days you got to get good sleep you got to get at least eight hours of sleep got to do your best get eight hours of sleep if you are eating you're, the foods that you're putting in your body, if you're eating foods that are like quick boxed and bagged foods, you know, kind of garbage food, you're going to get those type of respect. You're, you're going you're to have, have a metabolic response to certain types of foods that are going to slow you down and make you sluggish. It's like the guys at work when uh, we are celebrating, you know, something and my... Uh, my work will buy, you know, 500 dozen donuts and a bunch of pizza. Did eating two, three donuts, you know, one of the guys eating two, three donuts and eating two pieces of pizza, it's going to make you feel sluggish, even if they're used to this type of eating. But still, you're going to feel sluggish as hell. If you take my basic day-to-day uh, -day food prep, which is very high-protein, very low carb. I don't eat my carbs until nighttime. Um, usually, you know, unless I got a score of strawberries or watermelon, which is sometimes I do. Um, today I cut cheese. Um, but the food, it's like, it's like putting uh, premium gasoline in a Lamborghini. If you're going to put a premium gasoline in a Lamborghini, car's going to perform it's going to run great but if you take unleaded gas and you put unleaded gas in the lamborghini it's going to run like shit so it all depends on what you're putting in your body so in order to get that energy with those minimal breaks is you need to be eating 
good, clean, whole food. Okay. So, uh, Nikki Troublefield is struggling with, um, she hit a stall her fourth week. I'll explain why in a minute. I expect I knew, I, I knew to expect it, but I still feel a little blue about it. I started week five, and from now on, uh, I'm only weighing myself once a month, and I started working out today. And she, well, she's walking for 20 minutes. Uh, so, stalls. You know, you expect it to happen. Uh, the reason why behind these stalls is you are, as you are losing your weight, your body's going to have to adjust at some point in time. Well, yours hit at your fourth week. So your body's trying to catch up on the fat loss, which affects your hormones because, especially as females, most of our hormones are carried in our, where our fat is. Uh, this is why you hear of people with really, really low body fat percentages who have hormone issues. Um, it's, men can hit a lower uh, body fat than women can. But anyways, it's good that uh, you went down to only weighing yourself that once a month because I will tell you right now, the scale, it can play with your mind. Yeah. Especially since you're working out now. Yeah. So I can explain that. I explained this in a podcast. If you guys go through and you binge our podcast, some, some of them aren't longer than 15 minutes. The only long podcasts you get are the ones when we're doing Q&As. So great example of why, you know, and Vong even brought this up, you go in you weigh yourself before you go into the gym you go in you bust your ass you lift like you've never lifted before you know you go in and go do curls or you have a leg day or you do exercise that you've never done before okay that's great you felt great you felt like you had a great workout you did some cardio you've been eating good well you wake up the next morning you weigh yourself and you're four pounds heavier and what that is is the four pounds is a response to the stress that you're putting on your body you get Whenever you uh, you work out, your there is a stress response, and it's because of your you know you're working your muscles. When you work these muscles, it pretty much makes you swell. When you retain water, and the reason your body retains water when you exercise is because your body retains water when your body and your nervous system feels like it needs to protect itself. So, example is when, you know, once a month when ladies menstruate, you retain a lot of water. Well, that is a response to that. Your body thinking that that's, you know, something's crazy is going on. You get sick, you retain a bunch of water. So that's what that is, but it's only temporary. Mm -hmm. Now, granted, you're losing a tiny bit of weight, but it, it affecting the scale has nothing to do with it. Because of the amount, and this is why I'm really critical of this subject when it comes to Vaughn, is worrying about your numbers being affected when you work out. For at the rate that you lose body fat versus the rate at which you build muscle, no. At the, especially with if you're in that, within that first two-year mark. You're dropping fat a lot faster than you're getting muscle. The time it takes for you to drop one pound of fat versus the time... It takes to build one pound of muscle. I mean, you would have to be eating for the muscle, number one. Number two, you'd have to be training to build that one pound of muscle. It's not easy to build that, that kind of muscle. So it's not affecting your number. So my best 
my best advice to you would be to, of course, you're not weighing yourself. Clothes is always an idea and performance. So try to do stuff you've never done before. You know, if you want to measure your progress, you don't want to get on the scale, measure how long you can sit on, you can not sit, measure how long you can go on an elliptical or, you know, ride a bike. It's a good way to measure your progress without using scale. Okay, um, reading through this one, I'm pretty sure she works in some type of calls, call center. Okay, uh, Manditis, uh, that since after training, and I think she's talking her work training, we, we have so many calls coming in that I don't have time to stop and drink. They want us off, off the phone in five to seven minutes. I'm getting my 64 ounces in. Getting my 64 ounces in is hard, so I spend two hours in the hospital getting bags of fluid. Mm -hmm. So, Mike, here, my. What does that fall under? That yeah, would so, fall under our protection. Yeah, so my question to you is Is going to the hospital getting fluids part of a doctor's order? Or. Is it just something that you do because you feel dehydrated? One thing you need to understand when it comes to working and having certain types of, um, like Sharice's diabetic issues, Sharice's type 1 diabetic, okay, she has to be able to carry, you know, insulin, period, plain and simple. You go into a place where you can't bring in that back, well, you guess what? I'm type 1 diabetic. They have to, by law, allow that. ADA, that's what I'm looking for. <laughs> So you need to go to your management and say, you know, I, you need to be honest with them. You should be honest with your work anyway and tell them I had weight loss surgery. I need X amount of time to get water in because the first uh, dehydration episode you're going to have when it comes to being dehydrated and being bariatric, it's not fun at all. Yeah. First, first dehydration episode I had no idea what it was either I thought it was dying it was so painful I was on the floor and it would come in waves it would get really super like I'm getting ready to you know have a heart attack type of pain and I'd lay on the ground and roll around and oh and ambulance come get me take me to the hospital I'd have that pain on the way to the hospital we don't know what's going on you know Derek was uh, how far out was I like a year yeah, they take me, they get me into a CT scan. Nothing. They, you know, get me into like an MRI scan. Nothing. Well, my doctor comes in and says, we're going to admit you because we don't know what's going on because you're obviously, your blood pressure is, you know, 190 over 120. So you are basically in pain and they doped me up so bad on medications and pain medications that it wasn't touching it. Well, there's one thing that they did as well and that is they pumped me full of liquid. So by the time I got admitted into the hospital, my surgeon came in and said, you know, we need to do an EGD or an, an endoscopy, and, 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 an endoscopy tomorrow to see what the problem is. I'm like, dude, I'm fine now. I have zero pain. You know, and now that I reflect on that experience, it was because I was dehydrated. So you need to be 100% truthful with your employer and let them know that you need water you need to take time to drink i know you have a job to do but you need to take time to hydrate yourself or you're going to regret it but trust me uh melissa cook uh getting back on track after introducing sugar back into her diet that's tricky 
Uh, I would recommend doing a detox off a sugar diet, off the sugar. Basically, you you don't eliminate natural sugars. You eliminate anything that's processed. Um, whatever type of processed sugar or whatever type of sugar you introduced. Um, it would if I knew exactly what sugar, what types of sugar you were telling, I could tell you easier what to uh, add in and what to eliminate. So if you want to send me a message, feel free to or send the page a message. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're both around with it. One thing you need to understand when it comes to getting back on track, it doesn't happen overnight. Okay, you introduced a food that is from your past. It's not, you're not going to get magically on track. You're not going to wake up one morning and be like, I'm on track. And then you're going to have problems through the day. You're going to have mental issues that are happening around you. Like people are getting sick. You know, you're going, maybe you're somebody in your family gets COVID and then you're right back off track. So you need to be patient and continue to try and uh, keep trying. Keep trying. Don't give up. Don't give up. Don't give up. And you'll eventually get on track as long as you are continuing to try and be very self-aware and learn about yourself. This stuff takes time, it really does. Uh, Chantel Temple Tompkins. Hit a stall week six. Uh, I explained why the stalls happen. Scale says I gained six pounds, but don't know how. I limit carbs and focus on proteins to, and make sure not to eat over four ounces and exercise by walking when I can. Uh, I have spinal stenosis, degenerative disc, and arthritis in my back, uh, back, so walking can be painful. I also drink close to 64 ounces or more per day. Any ideas to help? Uh, her surgery was 71921. Starting weight, uh, starting weight was 263. Sur- current weight is 231. Uh, was at 225 a week ago. So you're, you're still a baby. Okay, you're we're just fairly out of we call we call the honeymoon phase being babies. So that's what I mean by you're still very young in your surgery process. Okay. Also known as a honeymoon. Yeah, you're going what's that thing? No, you said baby. Oh. Okay. Anyway, so again, this is gonna happen. Your body is probably retaining water because of the spinal stenosis or because your body's still in shock. From having the weight loss surgery, you know, like Sherry said, a lot of hormones are involved. A lot of hormones need to be re- regulated in order for you to be able to, you know, keep your hormones to catch up, and your body do does what it does in order to start dropping more weight. Also, watch your salt intake. That can also affect your weight uh, because it will cause you to retain water. That's a good point. Um, also, and the other thing is, I know you say you limit carbs and focus on proteins, and you can't eat over four ounces. How it depends. How often are you exactly eating too? Because depending on what you're exactly eating, the one thing you have to watch out for is while yes, you may be eating close to like around four ounces, it can add up if you're eating too much too frequently. Mm. Yes, we say to eat every two to three hours, but those are pre-portioned pre-planned, they fit right into the macro, macros and calories. Don't avoid carbs. Really. Yeah. You need to, you need carbohydrates. Sharice made a, was it a blog or a post? It was a post, um, 
on my on my fit, on the bariatric fitness and nutritionist page of mine. Um, it was about the when it comes to diets, basically, and what um, what I was studying was energy systems of the body, and we have three energy systems, and one of those energy systems feeds our tissue, including our brain tissue. Well, here's the thing with our brain tissue. The only type of source of energy our brain tissue can use is carbohydrates. So if you're wondering why when you're on uh, like a low carb diet, you're having brain fog all the time, that's why. Carbs aren't evil, they're no. not, you know. They're demonized in the bariatric community for a reason, but honestly, they are not, they're not, basically you need to talk to your nutritionist about carbohydrates and how many carbohydrates you should have. You don't go zero carb. You don't want to do that. Okay. You're going to give yourself heart problems. You're going to give yourself, uh, like Shree said, it's going to cause issues with your brain. Um, it impairs your cognitive. Yeah. And it'll impair your cognitive responses to your everyday function. So, you know, if you would like, send us a DM. We'll see. We'll look at your macros and see and go from there. Okay. Last one. Uh, Alex Rod. I'm wondering how to increase calories if my intake is uh, just three to four ounces a meal. I'm three months post-op and my calorie <coughs> average is between 750 and 850 a day. I reach my goal on protein, but I don't know if 50 grams of carbs and 35 grams of fats are okay. Uh, thanks in advance. So three to four ounces is good. I would again recommend being, if you want to up your calorie count, if you feel like Okay, this is what it comes down to. What's you weight one? Your it depends on what your weight's doing. If you're still since you're only three months out, that means most likely you're still trying to lose weight. So if you're still trying to uh, lose the fat and but retain the muscle mass, then that's uh, your protein. You're good with your protein, especially being three months out. Most people are between that seventy and eighty at three months out. Mm -hmm. uh, where if if you're starting to stall then yes you probably need to go up to more like nine I would say 900 calories but to be able to do that at three months post-op you would have to eat every two to three hours and then you would eat all those meals would have some sort of protein in them yeah you, you get there yeah you know you, I wouldn't be stressed about getting more calories in I would be more concerned about learning about yourself and keep on trying to increase your calories it's not going to happen overnight it's a slow process you know even two years it takes for people to lose weight to lose you know hundreds of pounds when it comes to weight loss surgery so in these times where you're you know you're frustrated or you're dealing with these types of issues learn about yourself start a vlog start a journal about what's going on in your life or assess your surroundings you know people who are supporting you where you're getting your information from stuff like that there's a lot of things that can be done in order for you to be able to be able to uh have a better journey by addressing these things while you're learning more about and you're making yourself uh, able to eat more calories if you're not in the Oh, ah. sorry. Yeah, sorry. I was switching. Right, so the Q&A is over. Let's talk about the do's and don'ts of weight loss surgery. We can end this so it's not 
super long for everybody to watch and listen to. First things we're going to talk about is the do's. The do's. <clears throat> do you remember what it is? Nutrition and uh, movement. Okay. Therese, talk about nutrition. Nutrition. Do. Make sure your <coughs> nutrition is accurate for you. Not for anybody else. For you. So, these cookie can't cutter plants you see people selling. Yeah. And I've seen it within the bariatric community. Do. Aren't not always going to work. Reason being is it's not a one size fits all type of thing when it comes to your nutrition. Your when it comes to nutrition, it depends on your factors like age, your activity level, um, both exercise and what type of job you do. Um, it just there's a lot of different factors. Also depends on your goals and how far out you are. So you need to make sure your nutrition is on track. Aim for that beginning 70 to 80 grams of protein and then you go from you figure it from there what no the other direction okay now i gotta stop looking at myself (laughs) (laughs) all right so i like like she said cookie cutter so what a cookie cutter program is is the industry that mean that we are in, me and Sharice are in, the health and fitness industry. Everybody wants to make money. Everybody has different ways of making money. Uh, easiest way to make money in this type of industry, in this community, is get somebody with results, which they steal these pictures. That's why you should put your name. You should watermark all of your pictures. And then, you know put a little work into a site and build some cookie cutter programs. And like I said, what a cookie cutter program is, is it's just a, you, you try to judge who you're going to deal with. Somebody who's overweight. Well, this is a program I created for whoever's overweight. Somebody who is not overweight, but is still a little bit heavy. Here's the program I created for them. And they sell that same program to everybody. I can promise you right now, whatever program you're right on, you're on right now, if the person that wrote the program or the person that sold you the program is not spending time, one-on-one time with you, learning about your what you do for a living, learning about your food uh, allergies or your what you can eat and what you can't eat, what exercises you have, you're wasting your money. Okay. That's why with our plans, when you go through our, what are our questionnaires for our personalized plans, this is why we have we ask the questions we do for it. Mm. The more somebody knows about you, the better they can create a program. If you are interested in getting one of those programs, go to bariatricbadass.com. Please pin that link along with the uh, Patron. I totally forgot. Why she's doing that? We're going to talk about movement. We preach gym all the time. We preach fitness all the time. Why? Because it's important for a variety of reasons. However, you don't need a gym in order to get the required movements in for it to be effective. Now, it helps, you know, once you become a gym rat or you get that, you, you get bit by that fitness bug, it helps. You know, it helps with your mental 
clarity. It helps with being able to move, being around other people who are struggling like you. It's good. Um, in this day and age, of course, we have problems with COVID. All the gyms that are open right now take extra steps to make sure their gyms are clean. You just got to keep your distance from people. Um, but like I said, you do not need a gym. What you need to do is stay active and walk. Great example. Gyms were closed. My job, I have uh, in, an inventory job at... Thanks. I have a job, my job at work is inventory. And I'm inventorying, you know, three to four hundred tractor truck trailers every single day. So I'm walking, I think my, my, uh, my Apple Watch said I'd walk. My, I think the most I've ever walked is like four miles. And that's walking around this, the property of my work. Um, as well as I'm always on the move. Like sitting right now, I'm sitting straight up. I'm not slouching. I might slouch for a sec. When I catch that, you know, that I'm slouching, I sit up. So if you have a job where you like sit down for a living, you work at a call center, if you force yourself to sit up straight like me and Cherise are doing right now, you're working, okay? Your body's putting in more effort to hold your torso and your head up. And it's basically an increase in calories. So but when you slouch, not only is that bad for your posture and bad for your spine, your body stops working. And your body starts stops producing more uh more more of a metabolic change for you to burn calories. This is very good, very good for the don'ts. Yeah. First don't. Don't follow. Okay. How should I put this? In the bariatric community, there are thousands and thousands of people who are giving very dangerous advice. But it appears to be good advice because it worked for them. Everybody's different. Okay, just because somebody lost weight or their health is good. We had a conversation like this in Barrett's Food Porn and Recipe, and we ended up banning the individual because she was sharing her group. She is in a group, a keto group. She was preaching, oh, everybody's doing great. Everybody's having good, uh, you know, like your research on cognitive issues when you're not consuming carbs in this keto group. And the problem with this is it's not accurate information. Okay. So make sure if I'm not saying not to ask questions in the bear ash community, I'm just saying when you get this type of advice, you need to research it or you need to take it to a professional and ask them. We have zero problem. If you find out some information in the bariatric community, coming in and dropping a comment on one of our con- on one of our posts and asking about it, you're better off doing it in comments than you know sending a DM because we get many DMs a day. Sometimes we can't get to them right away. To put it in a con- uh, comment, and we'll help you. you know, and tag us. It's, it's very some very sometimes it's a very simple response, or it could be a little bit more. Uh, trying out, but we'll do our best to help you. What was that? Mental health. Mental health. Sorry, it took me a minute. See, when we get the Q&A going, it's been a long week. Anyway, all right, so mental health. 
everybody knows what I went through. For everybody that's listening to the podcast, y'all know what I've been through. You know, it hasn't been a very fun year for me. It's been a great learning experience type of year for me. 2020 was a chaos. 2020 was a mess. Like I said, we created the program that I'm currently on right now in January. And we've been tweaking the program as we learn more and more about the program that we designed and the effectiveness of it. So one of the yeah. So one of the most important things that we learned was nutrition, movement, and mental health all have to work together for whatever you're doing, whatever program you're on, to be effective. Okay. If you are eating foods, you're, everything's on track. You're eating great, but you have some background mental problems, whatever it may be, whether you're diagnosed with a mental issue or, like I said before, something happens in your family, somebody gets COVID, your dog dies, you lose your job, and so... You get an injury? Yeah, you get hurt. Right there. There's enough mental strike to cause you to go off track. It happens. You know, I was doing great. I was losing like you know, three to five pounds a month. Mm-hmm. So I was doing great. That's a good, healthy, that's a, that's a good, healthy weight loss right there. But when I had my mental breakdown in April, if you guys would like to go back, scroll back down, and look at some of the content that I made between April and May, it was crazy. It was just, I had to talk. I didn't know what I was doing at the, point, at the time, but I just know I needed to talk about it because it was important. And as I talked about it, the more I talked about it, the more I learned about, because I'm very critical, I'm, I'm an overthinker when it comes to myself and dealing with mental issues because I'm diagnosed with bipolar depression type one, clinically. And so every single step that I take as far as my mental health is concerned, I'm analyzing it. And what I analyzed the most was, as soon as I was able to purge this negative emotion out of myself, Weight dropped. Oh. Weight dropped because stress went. Stress will, stress will kick your ass. So work on your mental health. Another thing don't stress over if your scale stalls. Yeah. Because there's other ways you could be losing. You might not be losing a number on a scale, but you could be losing weight in other ways. You could be losing it in inches. You could tell by your clothing size. Don't stress over it if it stalls. It's unfortunately, it's yeah, it's part of the process and it's going to happen. Some worse for others. Some it just all depends on how fast your weight loss is. Okay, we're gonna talk about my three-step thing that I created in April. Really quick, I'm gonna preach this because this is life-changing. So for everybody who's listened this far, thank you very much. This is we are here for you. Podcasters, comment if you've tried this method. So, one thing that I did create, being over analytical on myself, was the three-step process. All right, we could probably think of a better name for it, but that's what we got right now. There's three things you can do when dealing with life's bullshit. All right, one, you pump the brakes. We're sitting on our bed right now. All right, great example. When I hurt my bicep back in beginning of July, my life was over. Shit, you know, I tore a bicep. And when you tear a bicep and you don't know what the extent of the injury, you don't know what's going to happen, my 
total mind 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 fuck. I'm just gonna say it. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't think I was gonna be able to work, so I didn't think I was gonna be able to provide for my family. I didn't think I was gonna be able to lift again or do a curl. I was eventually it healed. You know, we got a better diagnosis for what actually happened. But the one thing I did is the one thing I shouldn't have done. And I laid in bed, looked up at the ceiling, oh, woe is me type of shit. That is known as pumping the brakes on life. It's okay to do that, but it needs to be very temporary. Okay? If you're going to pump the brakes in life, you need to do it actively. Meaning, walk. Go for a walk while you think. Okay? That's a great way to pump the brakes. The second thing you do, stomp the gas. And that's what we've been doing for the last couple of years when it comes to our fitness and our health. It's go, 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 go. Rep after rep after rep after rep. You know, eating clean food, eating clean food. That's okay. Sometimes it's okay to do that. But you've got to make sure you've got all your ducks in a row and you're ready to do that. Because when you do that, you neglect a lot of things. When me and Sharice were doing it back, when we were training three hours a day, six days a week, a lot of things got neglected. You know, our house went to shit. Um, the daycares at the gym were raising our children. So once we fixed that, life got a little bit better. So you can do the, you can slam on the gas, but be ready to hit that speed bump and not sit on your butt. You know what um, so yeah. Oh, breaks. No, just has no, no, gas. Oh, think about when you're driving a car and you hit something, yeah. how it stops you. So now take that, you're going 50 miles per hour away your life, you don't, you're you're like, yeah, it's good to have focus for that, but I'm sorry, when something, throws something in your way, like an injury, um, could be an injury, could be a death in the family, could be anything, you're going to get thrown off track really badly. It's, as he said, it is going to fuck with your mind. Yeah. It's going to screw with you in ways you've never seen before. Which brings us to our third our third um, pathway, whatever you want to call it. We'll, we'll get a good name for us soon. And that is just let life flow. Sharice. To go with the flow. Go with the flow. What that means is First, first and foremost, you can't fight poor mental health. You can't fight depression. You can't fight anxiety. Fighting depression and fighting anxiety, like actively fighting it, resisting anxiety or resisting depression, will get you nowhere. I can promise you, getting in, I'm going to fight through this, and you know, you know, I'm going to get through this, I'm going to fight, I'm going to fight and fight. You can't fight it, Okay. It's a part of you. What you need to do, you don't need to accept it. Don't accept the anxiety and the depression and the poor mental health. You need to acknowledge it. That is the key. Acknowledge it. Let it happen. Be patient. Stay active. The reason I stay active, the reason I say stay active is because the more active that you are, the more you're doing walking, working, you know, doing whatever around the house, doing whatever you can at work, you know. Sitting on your yoga ball at work and bouncing. Whatever you can do, stay active and just let it process. Don't fight. Don't accept the fact that you're anti, you know, not, that you're manic depressant. 
I'm a clinically diagnosed manic depression. I don't accept it. I acknowledge it. And that helps me get the flow. Because sometimes, out of nowhere, I'll be having a great day, beautiful day, listen to some good music. Boom! I'm walking around the freaking yard at work crying because it's just... So that's it for the video. Uh, we'll be putting the podcast out here very soon. Um, probably within the next half an hour or so. Just got to edit it. Put some art on it. Get it posted. Um, I love you guys very much. Please share this in the bariatric community if you will. Holler at your friends. Let your bariatric friends know, you know that we're here. We're here to help. We're here to break change. I love you guys very much. Peace. Oops. Okay, listeners, podcasters. That is it. Let me make sure this gets shared. I don't know. What do you think? Comment below. Let me know what you think about, you know, this podcast. If you have any additional questions, put the podcast in, or excuse me, put the comments on the podcast. Very easy. I would love to know where you're listening to us. I know that we have a, uh, what is that? You can get on the computer through Podbean. And we can find where everybody's listening to us. It gives us source percentages of where, from different, like, locations where it's published on. Yeah, we get most of it's through. But, it, yeah, it doesn't give us specifics. Yeah, most of it's through iTunes, right? As the last time I checked, yeah, but now with Spotify updating, boosting back up, it should be catching back up. All right, awesome. So, yeah, let us know where you're listening to us from. Love you guys very much. Peace!